0: Hey everyone, it's Posterson, and I'm back with another ScooterLux special edition of the Sleep With Me podcast. These shows are a little different than the regular episodes you're used to. Um, I'm not Scooter, I'm one of the guys that helps behind the scenes to edit the show sometimes, and every once in a while uh, Scooter will let me take an episode that we've recently aired. I'll add some music, some sound design to it and we'll re-release it as a Super Deluxe Special Edition as a fun extra bonus way to say thanks to all of you who support the show as patrons. So thanks for your support, and let's hop in to another Super Deluxe. recently watching a television program. I won't mention what show it is, but uh, on this show, they often take uh, tea time. And I thought, that's a really nice thing. I wish I did more often. I wish I had more time to, to set aside time to have tea time in the afternoons. Much like having naps in the afternoon. So for tonight's uh, Superlux, I thought we could combine the two and have a tea time, nap time. Just double down on taking a little break from our stressful days. Um, So we'll have a tea time, nap time with Scooter. He'll tell us a story from an episode that recently aired. Imagine, if you will, we're sitting in a nice, amazingly uh, landscaped garden at a table a scooter and a doily tablecloth and a nice fancy teapot and uh, just have a seat relax for a minute let your eyes rest if you feel the need Scoots is happy for you to take a little nap at any point alright enjoy a little break from your day thanks for supporting the show and with any luck (laughs) nap <laughs>
1: All right, everybody. Uh, tonight's episode is called "A Teapot in Flannel," and oh boy, are we in for a treat tonight! This is another story that just hasn't been told before, and you know, it's a, sto- once again, story about a journey of uh, we see this is, this is where you anthropomorphize something, and it go and I say, oh boy, you are you listen to sleep with me sometimes, occasionally. You may hear parts of episodes. That's a great observation on your point. Though some of you might be saying, "Scoots, when you say flannel, what exactly do you mean?" And are you going to have trouble saying, "I'm a little teapot short?" And I say, "Well, don't you know that my favorite thing is my? I'm a little. I'm a. I'm a, I'm a normal size. I'm a rectangular placemat, uh, thin and flat." Uh, when you drop your crumbs, I got that. And, of course, this story involves not just a teapot, but, of course, a placemat, because <laughs> why would I say that stuff? But you may say, Scoots, what is flannel? And uh, what does it have to do, like, what's flannel? Okay, flannel. I, I Technically, I don't know uh, what flannel's, de- 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 what's it, like a... Uh, Huh, great question. I wish I knew the answer. Is what I'm I mean, if I'm being honest. I, uh, to quote Captain Picard or uh, uh, Guinan or Commander Riker or um, someone else recently did it on a show I was watching, once again I was impressed. So impressed I forgot. I think it was one of the the, the, uh, the oh it was it was Gandalf or one of the Elven goddesses uh, who said uh, I don't know. So here's the first question I have. I'm not sure flannel is made from, I'm guessing it's made from cotton and not wool. Though I'd tell you now, it's a flannel. Probably probably best would be in wool if you could make it because uh, all the reasons flannel gets used. Flannel could be wool, uh, but I, I don't know. Um, me, maybe I should pause it and look it up. Great idea. Great idea. Uh, conti- whatever, is that called the continuance brain? Continuity brain. Okay, good news. Of course, there's a Wikipedia article. Uh, so one question quickly answered. And I'm glad we looked it up. Uh, so this is from Wikipedia. It says flannel is a soft woven fabric of various finenesses. Fineness. No, not just just fineness. It was originally made from carded wool or worsted yarn. Uh, but now it can be made from wool, cotton, or synthetic fiber. So that's interesting because it would say, no, I, I see." against the skin, probably nice to have a synthetic or a cotton. I mean, for me, uh, versus a wool, wool, wool or a yarn. But when I think about The purpose of flannel to keep you warm in in layering. You don't want cotton as a layer in the the cold. Anytime you're going to be cold or wet, you want something. So you'd want uh, wool. I think yarn, I don't know. I can't can't answer for worsted yarn because I'm worsted uh, when it comes to... But from my experience with feeling yarn, I'd say, well, that feels like one of those non-cotton materials that could... Retain heat and moisture, even in wick moisture, but retain your heat even when it's wet. And then synthetic fibers, I think, do that. So, flannel, according to this, is commonly used to make tartan clothing, blankets, bedsheets, and sleepwear. It may be brushed to create extra softness or remain unbrushed. Uh, brushing is... Oh, good. Thank you for answering it, Wikipedia. Brushing is a mechanical process where a fine metal brush rubs the fabric to raise fine fibers from the loosely spun yarns to form a nap on one or both sides. If flannel's not napped... Uh, here, hey, flannel, take a nap. Uh, It gains its uh, softness through loosely spun yarn in its woven form. Oh boy, even a correction for people's assumptions. A flannel shirt is often mistakenly used to refer to any shirt with plaid or a tartan pattern. However, flannel is just a a fabric and not all flannel shirts are plaid. Holy cow, you know, put that on a pillow. Not all flannel shirts are plaid. I could have told you that. Uh, the origin of the words uncertain, Welsh origin, suggests that it could have been a f- f- fabric similar traced back to Wales as early as the 16th century. Welsh cotton, uh, French flannel is from the 17th century, German flannel, 18th century. Uh, it goes on, but I think that—oh, uh, there's a diaper flannel. Now I want to say flannel— But then that makes me think of... Well, yeah, stout diaper flannel, stout cotton fabric. uh, Ceylon? C-E-Y-L-O-N. That's Watton. Wool and cotton mixed together. Watton. How come they don't call that Watton or Wooten? What what are you wearing? Wooten shirt. uh, I'm walking around drinking Wooster and Wooster walking around Worcester drinking Worcestershire in my Wooten shirt uh, cotton or uh, Canton flannel is cotton and baby flannel used for children's wear uh, okay I'm glad we got that covered just so I didn't make any like uh, just so I could uh, like so okay let's make some other assumptions I have about flannel though flannel is t- typically associated in my mind with a few different categories one of course uh, people in the lumber like this isn't like uh, this is more of an archetype i guess than an assumption but archetypal lumber l- lumberjacks and janes uh, and l- lumber people in the lumber industry archetypal people or people in cartoons—that's where I get most of my archetypes from. Uh, wear flannel, maybe in flannel shirts. So that's one area. Or like you say, oh, you're like a mountain person. Oh boy, are you impressive? Uh, so, okay, so that's one. Oh, here's a question: I have—I think I—I I think I got the Lumberjanes comic books, but I, I haven't had a chance to read them. So I'll have to look when I read those, uh, if the Lumberjanes, if any of the Lumberjanes are wearing flannel, uh, somebody's probably already emailing me and let me know. I appreciate that too. Okay. Oh, other things. Grunge, uh, is another place that, that was like a nineties music scene style Seattle grunge, which has made some comebacks, uh, I mean, I don't know. So that's another thing I associate, that flannel's associated with. I guess I don't, well, I guess I can see some people either from my past, because I, like, uh, lived in the grunge era, or just seeing people in my mind, or people dressed up like they're grunge for Halloween with a flannel shirt normally around their waist, though, which I guess makes sense Um especially if you're in Seattle, Fla- Seattle, place fl- flannel makes perfect sense, especially flannel made from non-cotton material. Seattle, we give flannel a home that it's comfortable in and you'll be comfortable in Seattle in flannel. Flannel in Seattle, two good things that go together. Seattle, the fl- the city of flannels, so the flannel city? No, we're the Emerald City, I think, but uh Vancouver, the flannel city because Seattle didn't take it, and we said, well, we'll take it. Uh, that's a great idea, Scoots. Uh, so, okay, well, we got that solved. And then the flannel city's probably saying, hey, what about us? We're flannel. Uh... And I'd say, okay, there can be more than one flannel city. Okay, also flannel, over the past, like, 15 years, I've seen it come and go. I mean, it's one of those things that persists, but if you're stylish, it comes and it goes. Uh Because I've seen people that I would consider stylish wearing flannel. But by the time I see them, then they're probably already getting, you know, they're probably already changing it up. But I would say when preppies dress down, they may be wearing flannel. But I don't know if there's preppies anymore. So I'd say that style, prep style, I don't know what what it is anymore. Not that you couldn't be a, you could wear flannel if you're not a preppy. I have one flannel shirt. I use it mostly to walk to the dog or as like, uh, as my secondary layer when, but then I say, well, I prefer something like a hooded sweatshirt most of the time, but I do have a a one flannel shirt. I'm not sure if it's cotton or, or what it's made of. Um, so there's that, uh, okay. So those are some things I associate with flannel. These are a few of the flannel things that I remember, uh, Lumber, Jackson Janes, uh, and uh, Seattle grunge games. Those are a few of the flannel things. Uh, uh, cold, foggy evenings, uh, and a chill in the spring. Those are a few of the fan, flannel things I remember. Okay, so th- but this is not nothing to do with it. This is the, the uh, what is it? The uh, what was the name of the story? A teapot a teapot in flannel and we'll start the story where like, sometimes I start my stories in the beginning. Some starts time I start them in, uh, you know, at various places. This one will start right in the middle of this journey. There's a teapot. And the teapot was out already on a journey when we catch up with this teapot because it, the teapot had seen where the teapot lived and stuff. Like uh, like there was over the night, starting uh, like many nights ago before the teapot left, uh, one, two, uh, f- uh, one, two, three, and maybe it's would say three and a half comets, which we never see. I mean, that I know about, like, uh, first of all, you, I know some of you are saying, Scoots, what's a half-com? And I say, well, again, I'm not a, a, a astronomer or, an, like, a, I'm not a knower of the sky. I know the sky's up there. And this teapot was in the same boat as me. And the teapot didn't have Internet because this story took place a while ago been passed it has it this is one of those stories that was never passed down through generations i had to go back uh, and get it and they, they said why didn't you t- why hasn't the teapot and flannel been passed down from generation to generation or you know cross-culturally like in different ways and they said have you heard the story it puts everybody to sleep and i say if one day so keep passing it on. One day, don't worry, one day the story will serve... It's already serving its purpose. You didn't even realize it. it I guess, it, like, I probably won't do that if I have a time-travel machine, but I should. It would be like, when I'm making my poor decision, once I have access to a time-travel, I'll say, well, I should just go back there and tell them, hey, tell the kids that flannel story. Or, you know, that... uh Story that bases, you, you know, wh- what your clothing is made of and a, a traditional drink uh, that your culture dr- dr- drinks, a d- vessel, you know, tell that story. Even though it puts kids to sleep, it's an important one. And they say, yeah, but we're trying to... And I say, yeah, but uh, you're putting everybody to sleep. It's actually... Don't worry. Trust me, I'm from the future. And in the future uh, trust me, it doesn't make any sense even to me, and I do it as a job, but it makes perfect sense, uh, and I say, see how quiet, well, here's what I say, like, here's what I would do, I'd take them in a time machine to earlier in the day when all the kids were making noise, so I'd be breaking all sorts of time, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this because I'd be doing something else, like, uh, whatever, (laughs) who knows, uh, but uh, I would take the back in the day when the kids were being loud, and then I'd flash forward again to the present moment when they were in the middle of telling the story and all the kids were asleep, or the majority of the kids were asleep. I'd say, even look at those kids that couldn't sit still. They fell asleep. Uh, oh, now we get it. Okay, so but so in this story, the teapot was out on a journey, because there was three and a half comets and five or six, no, six new stars in the sky, what one night or over over I don't know. I didn't get the first part of the story because I was I fell asleep before they started. I do my sleep podcast story collecting in reverse, uh, but so. Okay, three and a half comets, I just have to explain. It's like some, so three comets every night, you could see them in the sky, slowly transversing the night sky. Behind them, the six new stars. And then some nights you could pick up another comet, like maybe it's further away, maybe, I don't know. But it didn't appear every night as a full comet like the other three, but it was clearly the occasional comet, whole other story. And uh, so this teapot set out on a journey. Now, one thing that was interesting is that uh, because like you say, "Scoots," I thought you said this episode took place a long time ago. I mean, and I say, "Well, you took it as like three or four hundred years ago." I just said it didn't have, the teapot didn't have access to the internet. But the teapot, you say, how does a teapot tr- tr- trans? Wh- how does a teapot go on a journey? so, believe it or not, this teapot uh, was in something that you, those of you that have like grown up in the past. Now, this is something I never had before either. But it was th- these things were called power wheels. It's a like a drivable is a car for kids, uh, a battery-powered car for kids, not for the road. I don't know. I'm trying to think if I've ever driven a power wheel. It's, uh, you could get them in different styles, uh, and this was not technically a power wheel. Believe it or not, it was something, it was a go-kart, uh, because it, it uh, like, uh, like, I don't know, but, but this, that's what the teapot was driving. Uh, but you, you say, w- wait, wait a second, what I see? Yeah, it looks like a, a power wheel or a go-kart, uh. But a power wheel is like a bad, like, I don't know. I always wanted one. I'm, I'm glad I never had one because I think every time I wanted to drive one, when I went to somebody's house, they said, oh, it's not charged. Or they would drive, they would have fun driving around. They say, okay, the batteries ran out. You could drive it now. But you could see power wheels. There was a famous, there's many famous commercials, really good jingle, which was just simply power wheels, power, power wheels, power wheels, power, power makes it go. Or something like that, uh but usually, for someone especially me that has trouble pronouncing words, it would go pow pow power wheels, so okay, but this was not a branded this is not a, believe it or not, this is not a branded podcast this podcast episode not sponsored by flannel or power wheels uh but power wheels, not exactly what's making this teapot go. But this teapot was going in a vehicle similar to that just wanted to kind of put that image in your mind in a, in a very ineffective way and strangely enough this teapot was not the only person like 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 in this world these small vehicles were how huh, just like in our world, I guess he's saying, well, I thought we were but so this teapot was actually in this huge traffic jam. Of uh, other cars, uh, small cars like power wheels or go kart. Uh, now this teapot's vehicle was bright red. Holy cow! You'd say is it was it? I'd say it's candy apple red. Fruit, mm no, cherry red. Uh, yeah, gumball, uh, hot ball red, atomic hop What are those called? Atomic hot balls? Are those a thing anymore? Atomic jawbreaker. There's a candy I haven't had in a while, cinnamon ball and, but so it was that was the color of the car, and the teapot was in the car, and every night uh well, for a while the teapot had lived far away uh from like uh, congestion, so it was just following where it thought the comets were going. But eventually other people got this idea and the teapot had some more populated areas and it was in this traffic jam. And and uh now the good thing about teapots is they could like you think this is a joke or a pun. It's not it's easy for them to let off steam. So even in a um even in a teapot based world or you know kitchen accoutrement-based world. I don't know if that's what you call a teapot, but uh, kitchen accessories, uh, vital, I don't know. But, But so teapots don't get as irritable as humans do in a traffic jam, but they do, like, try to consider all their options. So the teapot eventually was like, okay, like this main road, like a freeway, everybody's traffic jammed in here. Clearly, either there's traffic, again, no internet. So, Teapot wasn't sure if this was normal. Teapot had never been along this way before. And uh, we'll just call it Teapot T tea for, for, for efficiency's sake. Uh, teapot so like, uh, was like, okay, well, maybe I need to find an alternate route. And eventually pulled up against uh, next to a cab... And, uh, the cab was carrying a couple saucers, uh, but the cab was also sentient where teapot was driving, like, 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 uh, in this world, the cabs, uh, were sentient too, where teapot's car was just a vehicle or power wheel, <laughs> power wheel. But, but, so the teapot said to the cab, like, uh, is a lot of, is this traffic normal and uh, the, the cabbie said, Well, it's like a, it's a mix of things. Like, there's a lot of people trying to follow those comets. And then, yeah, this is like, a, yeah, it's a v- various layers of traffic here. It's not one cause, but probably exacerbated by the people following the comet. And I have no idea how far it's going to be. And I got to get these saucers somewhere. Uh, it's a kitten's birthday party, and they got to do the show, and, and then of course, then they, like it's this milk—I don't know—it's this whole thing, and uh, so I'm a, a bit w- worried. And I'm believe it or not, like uh, you've been, I've been sitting in traffic, and I didn't plan it, and uh, I'm low on power, and so uh, I'm just—I got to get to this next exit, but I don't even know. Once I get to the exit, I know where, the, like, I'm trying to get to the party because they don't really have time for me to stop and re-energize. Uh, and the teapot said, oh, wow, sounds like you're in a pickle. Maybe I could help you. And the cabbie said, well, what, what, what like, uh, great, thank you. Uh, is there anything I could do for you? And the teapot said, well, you know, I don't, it's a little embarrassing, but I'll be honest with you. I'm one of these people following the comets. Like, like you know, it was, I know it's a big deal. And they all seem to be going in the same direction. And some people say they're millions of miles away or whatever, but it's got my attention. And I wasn't really doing anything. So I figured I'd go anyway and follow them and just have an adventure. And the cabbie said, wow, that's uh, very courageous of you uh, and very interesting. And, uh, um, But, but, but I, I actually asked how I could be of service to you. And the, the, the teapot said, well, I, don't, I, like, I, I really don't feel like I'm in an adventure sitting in traffic. So in some sense, you'll be allowing me to go on an adventure by helping you. But uh, after I help you... I guess I'm trying to figure out where to go next. Uh, And the cabbie said, oh, like, like, uh, I could probably, like, uh, I'll look up a map while we're going. So I just need you to give me a push. Like, get behind me and push me because there's the exit. And, like, I'll tell you which way. Like, you just keep pushing me. Just follow me. I mean, while you're pushing me, you'll already be following me. We'll get these kittens to the, or the saucers to the kitten party. And I got to wait for them. So I can't really, like, take you on a guy. You know, I'm listening. This is like a full, like, the people that are running the party are paying me to get the saucers there and back. These are the saucy saucer sisters. Uh, they sing songs. Like, uh, uh, and then the teapot said, Holy moly, really? Wow, great to meet you. But they were kind of like not, uh, they were super famous, so they were kind of not giving the teapot at the time of day, which was fine for the situation. So the teapot starts pushing the cabbie, and the cabbie's looking up the maps while, you know, when the traffic's fully stopped. Uh, and the teapot's pushing, and eventually they get off this freeway, and they keep going, and whatever, they take a bunch of turns, roundabouts, uh, you know, up a hill, country roads. They get out to this, uh, beautiful farm. And, uh, there's all signs and balloons, like, giant, you know, holy cow. If you think you've seen yarn, you've never seen yarn, like, on this, it was a yarn farm. And balls of yarn, and all that kind of stuff, uh. And, uh, uh, whatever. So they get out there, and they had, like, a recharge station for the cab, because it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was, like, a, a real farm or an estate party farm, you know. But, uh, the cabbie says, okay, like, uh, let me show you this map. Let's go over the map. The saucer sisters went to work, uh, and they're going over the map, and then, uh, the cabbie says, it looks like if you go along this, like, uh, Road across the farm. Like, I'll give you this map, uh, and you understand how to read a map? No. So they kind of went over the basics of it, uh, but also the, it was like a bit like a Thomas guide for this world, which um, I'm trying to think how to explain it, or a triptych, but not exactly, where it's a, like a book in a binder. It's a bunch of maps, uh, and when you turn the page, like, uh, you can look at a grid that sees where all the maps are, and then when you turn the page, the map is going either north, south, east, or west, but then if you have to go north, south, east, or west, you can find the page number at the side of the map. So it's like maps within maps laid out on a grid system, easy to cross-reference once you learn the system, which this... And this was more of a regional Thomas Guide where, uh, traditionally, like if you lived in Los Angeles, like when I lived there, Thomas Guide was key to getting around before the internet. And I'd probably say, I guess because streets and stuff change, like, uh, these apps have probably made it less, uh, I wonder if there was ever, I wonder who owns that now, but, uh. So, I don't know, so it was just, uh, this was similar, but on a regional, like, like, so more like, not a triptych, I don't know, triptych's a whole no triptych's very similar, you could still get those, but I tried to get one and figure it out, but I couldn't, and this, this is actually the same thing the Cabbie was explaining to, uh, the teapot, because the teapot said the only maps I've ever seen were the ones, you know, that you just felt, like want to have, uh, which just covers like a, it was like a state map in their world. And so the cabbie then explained what, it, what a Thomas guide was, uh, which they called a flution guide there because it was just based on whoever. Flucian. Yeah, you say, Scoots, can you say that one more time so we know it's not a made up word? Flution. Don't ask me later, though, because they just called it the FG anyway. But then the cabbie said, like, a triptych uh, is similar. Like, you would go to the uh, AAA in our world, and if you remember, and then you'd say, hey, I need a triptych to go from this place to this place. And just like you would do on your app, but they would do it there. I think you had to order it, but they would assemble maps on the most efficient journey with highlights, but also you could fold the map out to have, like, a more area map, and it had suggestions for where to stop. That was what a triptych was. Now, why is that important? I don't know. It just popped in my head and distracted. Well, the cabbie was like, okay, so this is how you're going to go. But, you know, obviously you're going to, you might change your mind or, or like, I want you to know how to look up and find where you are. Basic wayfinding lesson. Now, meanwhile, while well, all this is going on, but right, right towards where uh, and they were listening to the saucy, uh, saucer sisters sing and dance. So that was very soothing. And uh, I don't know, they were getting to the point. It was like a beautiful evening Comets were in the sky Five, you know, the six new stars All four, three and a half or four comets Were in the sky at this point But then there was this uh, Hubbub, right Uh, And the next thing they knew This uh, Like uh, Duck was a very Like was in a bad Mood and was like uh, giving A very uh, Intense speech to This placemats which uh, in this case was a flannel placemat spoiler, but uh, not totally a spoiler. And the, the placemat kind of had its head down. And uh, the duck was the, the basic crux of what the duck was duck was saying was that your job was to sit still. Your job is to be placed. You're a mat placemat, uh, and you know even said you're the worst at wool I've ever seen. You know, like uh, and basically. Was like they, they were uh, jointly deciding that this placemat would no longer be employed at this. Uh, and even the things that I'd give, like if, like some of the kittens could just play with you. But the placemat said, no, I'd prefer to uh, go out on my own. And the placemat was pleasantly surprised because the placemat, at least internally, was like, okay, well, I got a long walk ahead of me. I don't even know where I'm going to go. And that's what the policeman said when its face lit up in surprise at seeing the cabbie and the teapot in a pop pow power wheel. And it said, "Holy cow! Uh, hi, I just got just uh, my employment status just went from full time to uh, free, and it looks like I'm on an adventure." And the teapot said, "Funniest thing! I'm on an adventure right now too." And the cabbie kind of looked at both of them and a the light went on like, uh, it was a glove box light, like, but it really was like also, and the cabbie said, you know what? Like the hardest thing about being a cabbie, like I know most of these maps by heart. Like I only have to look at a map when I'm stopped and, and uh, you know, I'm going someplace new, but usually I already plan out my route and then I double check it so that my mind's absorbed the material. But, you know, I don't have anybody like part of this idea of the Thomas Guide or the Triptych is that it's a team effort because, uh, and, and like the flannel placement actually was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was just, uh, like a wool ball, like the ones you see out there, made of yarn, uh, and uh, we, we, so, so the policeman was actually familiar with this stuff, so then we didn't have to. No one had to re-explain it, even in a sleep podcast. But the, but the um, uh, cabby said, you know, you need somebody to help you. Uh Like uh, it works better as a team, basically. Trip tech, Thomas guide, works better with a like a driver and navigator. And, uh, so maybe the two of you could work together and the placement said, work together at what? And, uh, teapot said, well, I'm trying to find, I'm following these comets that have been in the sky and it's just kind of been an adventure like, uh, so far, so I guess I'm kind of following the, 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 the comets and I'm like enjoying the new stars and curious about it and thinking about it. And, and, uh, that's my adventure. I'm trying to follow their comets basically. And so I know realized, and if that's your opinion, I respect it and I don't need to hear it, but some people would say this is pointless and that's impossible And the policeman said, "Well, I got nothing to do, and I love this idea. Would you have me as your navigator or your helper?" And the teapot said, "Why not? What? Why don't we get going?" And then they had, you know, like a bit of an extended goodbye with the cabbie because uh, or the cab because they had developed a quick friendship. And then they went out behind the farm. They took a right. then they took, they took a right, then another right, uh, then a left, uh, then they went up this really big, big hill. Then the kind of hill went down a little bit and then they rode for a while straight. Uh, then they went on a curve, uh, I think left, uh, and then they came across, uh, there was a one more, one more hill and one more curve, uh. They saw in the distance this giant lighthouse, uh, and the lighthouse was cool because, or at least to me, because I'd never seen, well, probably have seen, but typically this was like a, like a sea blue lighthouse or a sky blue lighthouse, uh, towering up in the distance with a light on it, you know, scanning the sea so that they, like, uh, they could see the sea and they said wow that is some lighthouse uh, and the uh, policeman said you know the strangest thing is like that uh you know lighthouse is higher up it's got a great view and uh, i i've heard i've heard word that and uh, the, uh, the teapot said where would you hear word from and I said, "Well, we've been driving, whatever, however many hours it was. It was actually like a lot longer than I made it sound, because uh, it was the next night." The the, the placemat said, "Well, I heard at another party we had at the farm that I was working at uh before I was a placemat. Re- only recently became a placemat, and I'm just not it's, being a placemat's not my thing." And the teapot said, okay, but we're talking about... uh, uh, Oh, and it said, okay, so I heard from some guests at the party that they had been at a lighthouse, and the lighthouse had had astronomy equipment, uh, like stuff to look at the comets from. But this was before the comets, so they were just looking at the stars and the moon and the stuff in the sky. And uh, the teapot said... Wow, so we could look at the comets uh, in, in the placement city and we could get a better idea of where they're going and maybe even get a better view of the comets. Uh, and so they drove they drove down. Now, this was a very big uh, lighthouse, and it was on like a coastal isthmus. Uh, so anybody that's ever driven in that kind of situation knows it takes a while. Like you get your anticipation build up, and then you go, oh, boy. It's a lot of turning and going up and going back down. And eventually, like halfway out to the Isthmus, they came across like a quiet little town. The definition of quaint, holy moly. I don't know what they call those roofs that look like, they're beautiful, like, I don't know. Are those gingerbread roofs or something? But beautiful roofs, different colors, cobblestone streets, the whole nine yards. And, you know, they drove through town, and uh, they stopped, and uh, they said, hey, like, uh, it was a, like uh, we're just uh, driving through town here. And they said, where are you heading? They said, to the lighthouse. They said, oh, boy, uh, did you know? You're, are you really going to the lighthouse? Uh, and they said, well, we're trying. Is there some sort of obstacle in our path? Uh and they said, well, there's an obstacle in our path because we need, we're, uh, the last town before the lighthouse. And, you know, this, we've been a quaint spot and we lost a lot of people that are following the comet. Uh, and also like a lot of our younger residents, you know, they move on to, to the big city. We're actually the home of the saucer sisters. Uh, and they said, you gotta be kidding me. And they said, no, no, no. Like, uh. They're actually just best friends. But anyway, the, yeah, they grew up here and ever since they like like hit it big, uh they uh, everybody kind of it kind of encouraged our town to dream. Not a bad thing. But the thing is, is that uh it uh it's interrupted our uh like we can't get anybody to run the Lighthouse and they said, uh, like, it's just been this thing. And the other thing is, we have a very, like, 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 so that's one thing. And they said, well, it looks like it's running fine. And they said, well, we got to leave the light on all the time. That's not normally how we do it. Uh, and. Uh, so it's like, like we, they, they said, it's hard to explain, but basically we're all volunteering to, to keep the lighthouse moving and all that stuff. And in the past we've had lighthouse keepers and, or well, they, they keep the lighthouse and then, you know, they run the lights and, you know, so we were hoping you were here to apply for the job and they said, well, we don't know anything. And they said, oh, you could get, you could learn. And then the, the townspeople said, well, why don't you go look at, they, they said, why don't you go look at the lighthouse and stuff? And they said, well, can you tell us more about this job just so we know about it? And they said, okay, so normally this lighthouse is part of the path. Like if you look off to the west or your left, uh, you're going to see like this isthmus sticks out, uh, and so, it's, so everybody can avoid this isthmus, right? But at this point, uh, normally, like, ships are only supposed to come through when the moon is, uh, like, between half full and half half. Like, uh, anything less than half full, or, you know, whether it's coming or going ships are not supposed to be traveling in this region because there's a couple places that the moonlight, like there's there's other places that don't have a lighthouse that you probably, if, if as long as you have half moonlight, easy to avoid. And because our lighthouse is lit, then you say, okay, so I know how far to go out. Uh But the rest of the time, the lighthouse is off. Uh, the light... uh and now you're not off duty because then you're keeping the lighthouse, which is a bit of work, and that comes—that's part of the job. Free room and board, you get paid, uh, and then the lights off, and then we all sleep a lot better because the way the light that lighthouse works, it just throws off. It's a particular type of lens they use because we're we're just trying to again tough to explain until you get into the job, but that uh, keeps us all up at night and. Or just doesn't our quality of sleep is not the same because also there's a slight buzzing uh up there, and so uh yeah, so we we want to shut that light ho- lighthouse off uh, because then we sleep our sleep schedule you know we're, we don't sleep like those mammals uh, you know, our sleep schedule is based on the the, the moon. And this was utterly confusing to the uh, teapot and the, fl- the fl- flannel placemat. But they said, okay, we kind of get it. Uh, but, yeah, can we go see the lighthouse? They said, oh, by, go ahead. Go down there. Uh, uh, go on upstairs. You know, there's right. We, we don't I, – I, I could check who's on duty. But somebody nice – we're all nice around here. And, you know, check it out. See what you think. Uh And so they headed out, and uh, they headed down there. And this just happened to be one of the times when the moon was less than half full. But, you know, what they didn't explain was uh, kind of what they got. So they went to the lighthouse. uh, Then they knocked on the door. Now, actually, this was another team job. There was actually, like, a bell you rang. But it took them a while to figure that out because they had never been there before and the bell rang in one place like it was one of those bells on a rope that went way up with pulley system but so at this time like uh, there's two people there one person kind of like this team thing with the guiding so one person came down they said hey and they said hey we just started by they said you're here for the lighthouse job you're not from around here and uh, the the flannel placemat and a teapot uh, perfect uh, you two you look like you already work well together and i said well i'm keeping like uh you know i'm i'm off duty so you know i answer the door and stuff uh and, and my partner's upstairs uh and uh, we're you know we're tuckered out and they said okay well uh, and then the, the, the teapot said okay you know and they said well come upstairs we'll talk uh and they said, uh, okay, well, uh, they, like, uh, this, this is the, uh, lighthouse, this is the light, uh, and, you know, when you're on duty, currently, we, we kept, we had, they had to run in this, like, wheel, like, a bit like a hamster wheel, but you don't have to run fast, uh. And they said, yeah, this is like how we keep it going. Uh, that's what keeps the light on. That's why we like, we would prefer to, uh... they explained that to get the light started takes a lot of energy running really fast. Uh, but then otherwise, you just have to kind of, you don't even have to do it all the time. But there's a clock that lets you know. Like when it winded up, they said, it's just too tiring for us. It's easier for us to keep the light on all the time. Like, we're just uh, with all the volunteers and stuff. Uh, and they said, whoa, look at all these telescopes. And they said, oh, you like telescopes? Yeah. We, 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 if the light was out, we could be looking at the comets and stuff. Uh, and learn, you, you really learn more about the, you'd learn so much about astronomy and things you you would be blown away at how much you, you, could, you could see the comets, you could see what they're made of. Uh, you can even see that there's four comets all of the time. It's just the way the sunlight and the moonlight is, that you can't see the fourth one all of the time. And the placemat and the teapot, because they've been talking a lot about comets in their downtime when they're driving. So they were like, wow. Uh, and they said, well... Uh, Like, uh, this is pretty cool. So we'd live here, and uh, they said, could we try it out? And they said, well, we'd prefer like a 6- to 12-month commitment so we could catch up on our sleep. Uh, But you could try it out for a couple days and see what you think. We'd just ask, you know, they'd keep it lit for now, and that we'll just stay here with you because there's guest rooms. And so they did, they tried it out and they learned kind of the basics of this type of uh, energy source and lighting and, and moving it around. And, and actually like at the perfect time, cause there was really no stakes. And they said, okay, and we could keep a volunteer coming by at night, uh, to help one of you, uh, whoever's running the light and whoever's off duty and, uh, you know, you know, we, we could do all that. Uh, and then the, the T-Bet said, well, you know, we'd like, uh, but we could sleep during the day, right? So, and they said, well, sometimes it's like one lighthouse keeper. You could figure out your schedule between the two of you. And they said, one other thing to know, though, is it's like pretty chilly up here uh, at the top of the tower when you're running, even when you're kind of moving the wheel based on the wheel schedule. And so you'll have to think about that. Uh, and they said, okay, well, we'd like to see the lighthouse without the light on before we take the job. Uh, and they said, okay. But then if, you do, if we do it, you, ha- you two have to get it restarted because all of us here, you know, we've just lived full lives. So running that wheel, it'd probably take the two of you to get the light restarted. Uh, Not too long, but again, you know, you're a healthy teapot in a a placemat. So they shut down the light and, uh, like, mostly because they wanted to look through the telescopes, which couldn't see through because of the light, when the lighthouse was uh, lit up. uh, And they were blown away. And the teapot already said, okay, now I realize what everyone was telling Like, this is my adventure. Uh... Like, uh, because the teapot uh, immediately was uh, like, uh, went from having this distant kind of fantasy goal of following the the uh, comets to suddenly now studying the comets. But uh, the in the flannel placement also said, like, I love uh, one. I really have extra energy to burn, so running this wheel is great for me. But also, you know, what, what had happened between the two of them formed th- this deeper bond. And and they realized also that uh, there was a physical connection between the two of them because the placemat could surround the teapot. And the teapot, again, I didn't get into this mechanics of the teapot, but of course it's made to keep a tea hot or, you know, warm. And they realized, like, that they're... Uh, partnership was more than just, you know, uh, wayfinding and working together. It was much more deeper than that. They were in love. uh, and they found that their love and companionship could sustain one another through cold nights, metaphorical but also real ones. And eventually they learned that they had separate interests uh, and skills within the lighthouse and astronomy community. And the thing about the placemat was, like, the placemat said, okay, well, like, how much are we, like, what's the budget for the lighthouse? Uh, Because we could bring on other part-time help. uh, Because I know plenty of uh, people out on the, you know, there's a lot of, like, uh, wool being produced uh, and placemats and other flannel things. Like, I I probably could get some more young people in this community, not all full-time and Teapot discovered, like, uh, these libraries, these astronomy, like astronomy clubs, uh, but also a profession as an astronomer and, and found out, like, the wonder of these comets, the real wonder of these comets. And in their world, it was much more than just flying ice or whatever a comet is in our world. So it did, there were other payoffs, uh, like, uh, cause the comets were going somewhere to cool something down, which again, doesn't happen in our world, but they said they were balls of ice traversing the sky, but they are going to, you know, some Demi or, or full fledged, uh, uh, spiritual being needed uh, some ice water. And this, that is a famous, uh, four comets, six stars uh, for one, that is another tale, uh, Ice water for a celestial being—that uh, was a theory that uh, it gained great acclaim. And happened. To all, all was formulated at the top of this. Well, not all at the top of the White House, but uh, I don't know. So that's like that's how it ended up. Uh, was like uh, most nights uh, when it was cool up there. You would think they were one because uh, the the flannel placemat would be around the teapot, uh, the flannel would be holding the heat in, the teapot would be, you know, they, they, they were, uh, together, uh, keeping one another, sustaining one another through cold nights, uh, when the, the moon was less than half full or almost getting towards half full. So that's a famous story that I, I say, well, okay, you could see how it wasn't popular, uh, This is my version of a tale that was not told through time. But maybe if people in the past knew that it could help people get the rest they need, just like those two would rest uh, intertwined. Or sometimes they say, no, I'm going to take a nap. You keep working. Uh, uh, That's uh, the tale of the uh, teapot and flannel. Good night, everybody.